you are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, formerly of many a place. Uh, if you're a first-time listener, well, thank you for joining us. Uh, I'm going to dive into things. Uh, you can find out plenty of things about me over on my Twitter at JeffMLBDraft. Uh, let's just say I spend a lot of time writing about the Indians and a lot of time writing about prospects in the draft in particular. Without further ado, let's dive into the game today. It was a rainy affair that resulted in a 0-0 tie that's or, you know, what we call a rain delay. It is mildly humorous that there is a doubleheader tomorrow due to rain delays, and there was a doubleheader Monday due to rain delays, and now this game that was supposed to happen on Wednesday is being moved to Monday, the off day. So Kansas City... (laughs) So we had supposed to have four with Kansas City, then five against the White Sox, an off day, and then fly to Kansas City for three more. Instead, it's going to be a Monday Kansas City game before three more against Kansas City. Needless to say, Sunday night, I'm not going to feel the need to uh, do a preview of the Royals. Uh, we'll just be discussing what happened over, over the weekend. Uh, without further ado, let's see what the other piece of news. We know Shane Bieber will be activated and starting on Friday. Uh, Logan Allen's getting skipped in the rotation. I believe we know it's supposed to be Savali and Plesak tomorrow. Bieber Friday, Saturday, Eli Morgan, Tristan McKenzie on Sunday. Uh, MLB trade rumors. I love that website. So, I, you know, it, it's a place I really like. But I thought they were kind of weirdly judgy. Well, one, they didn't mention the rain delay, but I guess that's, I guess it's not trade rumors. It's not a, a thing. But, uh, you know, they talk about the fact over there. And the reason I'm bringing this up is one, a uh, very good point that I had been blanking on when I talked about what they were going to do with their 40 man. Uh, they'll transfer Wilson Ramos from the 10 to the 60 day uh, IL. At the end of the year, his contract will be up and he'll be a free agent anyway, so they don't have to worry about moving him back. So it's rather easy to do that. They'll have to send someone else down. We'll see who that is and uh, a move. But then it talks about the Indians' rotation. Uh, <laughs> you know, they, they talk about the positive, and I laugh because they talk about, the, you know, Bieber, they talk about the positive of Savali, even though, but the negative of them both being hurt. Uh, and then Tristan McKenzie while young, was clobbered for seven runs in his most recent appearance, but he has shown extended flashes of brilliance. It's like, okay, so have to go out of your way. Ding him. Uh, Please X 2020 numbers look like an outlier. Uh, but even if that's the case, he presents a solid fourth option. It's like, yeah, okay. Uh, let's be honest. Please X best outcome. I mean, last year was weird, but outside of last year, it's like he was always viewed as a back end guy. Then Cal Quantrell, meanwhile, with a 3.05 ERA, I'll bet with a 418 FIP, 115 innings out of the rotation. Uh, So again, it's like, you know, they're they're making it sound like Quantrell has to to earn his spot because his FIP is 418. A 418 ERA, by the way, wouldn't be bad. An ERA we know is a uh, not a great stat. It provides some information, but not a ton of information. But at the same time, to like go through and have to have something to ding everyone in the rotation. And then right-hander Eli Morgan hasn't fared particularly well in his debut campaign, but has good numbers in AAA. It's this interesting thing where they had to say something negative and nice about every player, it felt like, uh, just to kind of be like, I, I mean, Eli Morgan's been league average. He's been a replacement player. 
Uh, he's the problem for him. He's just been really good or really bad. His home run rate being over two per nine is not ideal, but his walk rate and strikeout rate make it potential for more. Uh, FIP isn't great at five twenty six, uh, but his FIP is actually lower than his ERA. So I, again, Morgan is as a sixth guy in your rotation, perfectly fine. Uh, Cal Quantrell, if you're digging into what he's done and not you know really digging deep, uh, it. it yeah, one can say, oh, fit. But the other thing just to point out too is the type of pitcher Cal Quantrell is does not always get, FIP doesn't always represent him as well. Uh, and ex-FIP in particular is horrible for guys with his type uh, because he's a lower home run guy, ground ball guys, someone who's pitching to contact uh, in general, uh, you know, aren't going to grade out as high in those metrics. Uh I just stand at the end of the day. He's approaching four war over on uh, baseball reference. And if you see him pitch regularly, like is anyone out there who watch his Kyle Contrell pitch really uh, have any concerns, issues, or worry? I don't. I think it's pretty safe to say he is no worse than number three. It was just a weirdly written piece. Normally trade rumors, yeah, they'll give you analysis. But in a piece about Shane Bieber's promotion to sit there and do a positive negative on uh, every member of the Indians rotation for next year just struck me as a bit odd I had to talk about it. I wanted to discuss it here at the top of the show and if you were out there thinking well okay you talked about Bieber's promotion uh what about you talked about that uh Akron being in the championship uh, series on yesterday's show well of course Thursday they have off they want to get those weekend games in so we don't have that to discuss either we will like I said we're going to profile this White Sox series uh in depth and we'll kind of go from there I feel like sometimes when I plan out, I let's put it this way. I always put write down what I plan the segments to be on the show. And then often I'm like scratching it out. I'm like, okay, nope, nope. That's uh, no time. I am long-winded. We're not going to get to those. So we're going to take an early commercial break. We'll come back and do the White Sox preview. And then if we have time, we'll do what I have written here, a, a tease of kind of something hidden, something uh, maybe you weren't expecting. Uh, but either way, like I said, we'll take our first commercial break. Does this sound familiar to you? You got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. And a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your favorite live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes. No need to buy another device ever again. And the best part... There's no annual contract, so get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible devices are required. Content varies by package. Do you want to share a bed with a Pro Bowl quarterback, an Olympic swimmer, and a national women's soccer star? Let's Hold on. Let me explain. Uh, when you hear about how many elite athletes sleep on a Molecule mattress and call it their best sleep ever, you're going to want to order one for yourself on the spot. You know, I'm not an elite athlete. I do podcast and uh, teach and have two small children, and that makes me have a back and knee issues. And that's exactly what Molecule is supposed to be here to help. Molecule sleep scientists literally created the world's perfect mattress. It's unlike any other mattress in a box. It's cool to the touch, not like other foam mattresses. It has six times the airflow of any mattress, so it keeps you cool at night. It has zone reflex layers that adjust with you in all the weird seat positions so you never awaken with a stiff neck or sore back. And it's antimicrobial. Molecule mattress is how elite athletes and you could get the best sleep ever. Sleep on your Molecule mattress risk-free for 100 nights. If you don't have your deepest, most restorative sleep ever, return it. 
Visit OnMolecule.com and save 20% with the promo code locked on. Again, save 20% with the promo code locked on at Molecule.com. So the White Sox are coming to town. And, uh, you know, they have had an easy run of it this year. Let's be honest. Let's it, They walked away with this division. Uh, there was, I talked about many times, you know, we do our, our one mandatory, like, cross-contamination, as it were, uh, between hosts is when we sit around and talk to all the hosts before the season began, kind of do previews, talk to the White Sox guys, one of the top podcasts on our network, talk to Nash with the Twins, uh, a great podcast, uh, talked with Rylan uh, with Kansas City, who also does the Oklahoma uh, Thunder podcast, talked with uh, Chris with Detroit, who's now over at Barstool. He got a big, uh, you know, he got a full-time gig there. So I talked with a lot of in-the-know people, and most of them thought it would be the Twins. Most of us, and all of us, agreed that we'd probably get a wild card at least out of the Central. That didn't happen. Uh, <laughs> the Royals, the Twins, they pooped the bed. The Tigers, I think, have over, you know, they've done well. This is supposed to be step one for the Tigers, so I think that ended up being success for them. Cleveland, you put the asterisks and say injuries. I mean, they just, they got wiped out. So let's, without any more explanation, you know, the White Sox, they had their own side of injuries, losing, I mean, their outfield was just beat to heck through the course of this year. They've had to do a lot of different options. Uh, and, you know, they lost their second baseman for the year and then traded him away for a reliever. By the way, I mean, that Craig Kimbrell trade, I did talk about on yesterday's show, like the players who have the best war amongst uh, relievers this year. And, you know, Ryan Tapera who uh, we, I mentioned, you know, he who got accidental MVP votes last year. If you missed that story, I think it was Derek Gold. I don't want to say anyone wrong, but I feel like it was a Cardinals writer. I feel like it was Gold. Uh, meant to put Trey Turner, and instead he clicked on Tapera, and Tapera ended up getting, uh, he was with the Cubs last year, 0.3 war, got cut. Uh, this year, he's, I believe he got traded to the White Sox. Yeah, they got him because then he he was designated for assignment. Cubs bought him back, and then he was acquired back by the White Sox, and he's having a really strong year for them. Craig Kimbrell on the other side of things. Since he has come to Chicago, I, let's see, uh, 19 innings, 14.21K per nine, 3.79 walk per nine, home run per nine in Chicago, 0.25. In Chicago, 1.89. Yes, I, I intentionally did that. Uh, his BAPIP was, and that's part of the thing. You look at his BAPIP was 203. Now it's 333. Uh, he's regressed to mean. You put him together, he's closer to a mean. And that's what I, you, that's why you should look at something like BAPIP. It's why I sat there and warned everyone. I'm like, what you're seeing with Adam Frazier, he is going to hit a wall. There's going to be mean regression at some point, And it's happened. Uh, ERA in Chicago, 0.49. ERA in Chicago, 5.68. FIP of 109, a FIP of 432. Uh, Kimbrell's been terrible with the White Sox versus uh, worth 0.1 war. You go and you look, Cody Hewer, who they traded away, who I actually like quite a bit. He was part of that young pen for them uh, a year ago. They looked pretty good. And is he, no, he's a big righty. I was like, is he a lefty? He's a righty. Uh, in his time with the Cubs, you know, he's got a one, it's, it's almost a, a complete flip. <laughs> you go through and look. Uh, with the White Sox, ERA over five. With the Cubs, ERA of 1.4. Uh, he has been better than Kimbrell for sure, but not as good as Kimbrell was when he was with the Cubs. But I say this because they're getting 
let's see, he won't be arbitration eligible until next season, Hewer. He's got three more option years, and he won't be a free agent until 2026. So you get him for 22, 23, 24, 25. Four years of control, and they got Nick Madrigal. That's right, they got four years of a a good reliever. I mean, Hewer's got a .8 war this year. Last year in that small season was a .6. He looked really good as a rookie last year. Uh, 3.6 FIP, 4.1 FIP this year. So they got four years of team control on a interesting big right-hander and Nick Madrigal. And that Kimbrell trade, ugh, I mean, it's it's looking like one of the... It, it's not the Brad Hand trade, and I'll keep bringing it up because Toronto cut Brad Hand. Uh, and, you know, Riley Adams has been okay. I, I liked Riley Adams. How was he Fresno State? I That was part of the... Dra- I remember it's one of the last draft classes I did, like, full in-depth write-ups on because uh when i was writing up that toronto class they had drafted more players in my top 200 than any other team we tended to line up and toronto had a history i was high on riley adams uh at the time as a bat first catching prospect he did a lot of side things i liked it's you know jb woodman i think was the outfielder who was the former uh pitcher as well like a really well-regarded no quarterback really well-regarded quarterback or successful quarterback who i really liked uh, I always remember, like, I was like, why, what more does this guy have to do to be a first round talent? And Brian Sikowski, who I'm friends with, is like, he is not a first, like, we got into it. It's the one time I can recall getting into it with Brian. Uh, but I loved Woodman, and Toronto was the team that agreed with me. They drafted Dalton Pompey, who was also like, my dude, I was weirdly much hot. Like, I put Dalton Pompey, not Dalton, uh, Tristan Pompey, his brother, I put Tristan in my top 15 prospects in that draft class. I really liked what he was doing at Kentucky. Uh, it, it didn't work out. That's one of my biggest misses of all time. Tristan Pompey. No. Yes. Tristan Dalton was the one. I mean, Dalton didn't work out for Toronto, but I really liked Tristan and I thought it was a steal for the Blue Jays. It didn't work out that way. Uh, but the Blue Jays, for some reason, along with myself, have very similar ones. Wow. I'm getting off track, but to get back into it, uh, the Kimbrell deal is just awful for them. It's been really bad. Uh, and hey, if you're an Indians fan, you got to love that trade. I mean, honestly, you do. It's that is a bad trade that made uh, that hurt them going into the future. I mean, he's not even their closer right now because I think he's pitched so badly. I, I, uh, well, I mean, maybe it was always going to be Liam Hendricks because Liam Hendricks has been so good this year and they had already signed him as a free agent. Uh, and it's, I mean, you look Kimbrell before, then you look at Bummer, who was their closer like two, three years ago, who's an interesting player. Michael Kopech and Garrett Crochet are. Could they be in the rotation? I, I never think, I think Crochet is a pen guy. I've always felt that way. Uh, you know, we'll see if, if that occurs. Kopech, I think, could be a starter. That's two guys who can bring the gas. It's an interesting deep pen. But before we dive into that part of it, let's just do what we normally do. Position by position. Starting at catcher. Uh, do we really need, I mean, Yasmani Grandal has 3.5 war this year. A 160 runs created plus. Yeah, his batting average, if you're looking at it, like, oh, he's got a, low batting average, uh, 235, but he's also got a 229 bat pip. He's been incredibly unlucky. He's walking more than he strikes out. He's walking 23% of the time to a 22% strikeout rate. He's got 22 home runs and he's an elite defender behind the plate. Uh, it's crazy how often I have to see White Sox writers defending him as a good addition for that team. There are still people out there who want to ding him or view it as a a net negative deal. And that's just insane to me. Uh, he has been very good, worth every dollar they paid for him. 
easy win. A magnitude's greater catcher than what the Indians have. I'm not going to bother profiling. Roberto Perez has played well since he was activated, but it's still, it is not comparable. Most days, the Indians have Bobby Bradley starting at first base. Most days, the, see, they have a kind of a split with Jose Abreu and Gavin Sheets getting a few days, but it's mostly Abreu. Uh, he's played well. He's not played as well as he did when he won the uh, he won the MVP, right? He was the, the winner because he had the home runs, essentially. He's only got 29 home runs this year. So he, 34 years of age, he's played in 143 games. He doesn't hasn't even broke three, uh, 30 home runs. 2.9 war, 127 runs created. Plus, he is still effective. Uh, he walks enough. If you, you squint and you look at the, the power and the walk rate, if Bobby Bradley could get it together consistently, if he could keep his walk rate where it is and just strike out less, I mean, that's that's the thing right now. Like, Bobby, what Jose Abreu is doing this year is what, like, ideal Bobby Bradley would be. Now, that does require a big jump because Bobby Bradley is striking out 34% of the time to Abreu's 22. You're asking him to bring it down a lot. I, and I don't even know if that's possible, let's be honest. But that's that's what you're hoping for. Either way, clear win for the White Sox. Second base, Cesar Hernandez, old friend alert. So Cesar Hernandez, I talked went kind of in depth on that Kimbrell trade. Part of the reason they made that deal is because they had already made the Cesar Hernandez deal. And Cesar has a very cheap contract. It is very team-friendly. Uh, Nick Madrigal is out for the year. He was already hurt. And they thought, well, we got Cesar for two years at about $5 million a year. That's, that's a good value. He has done enough. He's been right about league average. And if you get rid of 2019 that year, the Phillies let him go. He's had a runs created plus of 107, 111, 100, 112, and was sitting at 101 with the Indians. And advanced data showed he'd been a little unlucky so far into the year. So they they bet on him, and they bet on Kimbrell. And unfortunately, those two trades have made them worse. Uh, Cesar has been not good. A 66 runs created plus. Uh, his defensive value is not as strong as it was a year ago where he won the gold glove, but he's still a solid defender. He's been worth negative war since they've acquired him. Uh, 222 average, 303 on base, uh, 287 slugging. And the 222 average is lower than his average in Cleveland, where his bat pip was almost 20 points lower. So he's been luckier with that. He is walking at a slightly higher percentage, striking out the same. But he's been bad. He has not been a good uh, player for them at all. We're assuming... Ahmed Rosario gets activated, and uh, Andres Jimenez is the player who will move over and handle second base. Now, since he has started playing every day, uh, he's heating up. He's uh, playing much better, and with Cesar playing kind of like uh, poop, for lack of a better word, keep this family friendly, uh, I think you give the Indians the advantage. Uh, it would be a push if it wasn't for the fact that Cesar is playing very well of late. They would be similar in terms of production so far this year, uh, specifically when you look at you know Cesar's production at the White Sox and what Andres has done, Andres Jimenez has done in his time in Cleveland. But when you add in the of late advantage Indians, moving on to shortstop, Ahmed Rosario, um, he's going to rejoin the team this weekend, I want to say. Maybe even it was supposed to be on Thursday. Now, he stayed the maximum amount of time he could on the bereavement list. They made a paper move to add him back to the team. Uh, now, of course, when you're talking about the White Sox, Tim Anderson's another one of my great misses. Uh, I was I never thought he'd become... And if you want a guy where you look at uh, ways to be successful, 
he's, you know, he walks 4% of the time. He does not walk at all. Luckily, he does have like 14 home runs. He has enough extra base hits, uh, plays a solid defense, a 114 runs created plus, a 367 bat pip. I'm kind of curious to go see what his career bat pip is because either he is, you know, fast guys and he is fast, will carry a much higher than league average bat pip in general. Uh, but his, I mean, he's carried a 352 for his career. So that is not that unlucky for him. He just he he get puts the ball in pl- when the ball gets put in play he tends to get hits out of it I mean, at a much higher rate than most players it's a easy advantage white Sox. Uh, moving on to third base where for the chicago white Sox, you have yoan mancada and for the indians jose ramirez mancada by the way leads the white Sox in war at 4.1 amongst their hitters he's been productive you know, he may not have lived up to the huge name prospect he was but He's a solid defender, 121 runs created plus. Uh, another one who has a very high bat pip. I want to see if he is lucky or not. He's at 352 for his, and he's not a speed demon uh, type. Walks nearly 14% of the time, does a lot of things well. Now, he's another guy that's kind of interesting. In 2017, a 105 runs created plus, then a 97 in 2018, a 139 in 2019, a 95 in 2020, and a 121 in 2021. I have long stood... I don't know why this happens, but there are guys who are just every other year types. And I would love to see someone smarter than me really dig into it and figure this out and see what occurs. You know, I, Roberto Alomar is always the one that comes to mind when I think of the Indians, but there are just these types. And this is his on year. Uh, by the way, for his career, his bat pip is 359. He's just another one who carries a really high bat pip. Now, saying all this, it's still easily Jose Ramirez because Jose Ramirez is Jose Ramirez. So we have a infield split. Uh, with the White Sox now having the advantage at catcher. Starting in right field, Chicago White Sox right fielder uh, has been Lueri Garcia. He's been kind of a utility type for them. The Indians in right field have mostly played Bradley Zimmer this week. There have been a few games uh, where Fran Mill got out there for one, and Ben must be some bench. Yeah, uh, Maybe Merck. Mercado got it. No, it was uh, Harold Ramirez before his injury got uh, a few uh, for a crash in the wall. Had someone's out there. So it's it's Zim. Zim has hit a bit of a wall. Uh, he's down to an 87 runs created plus. I still think as a fourth outfielder, he works. I still think the, he's got uh, seven home runs, 13 stolen bases. His defensive rating is, is excellent. He's fast. He can play defense. He's a fourth outfielder, and we are hoping he's going to turn the corner and maybe be the answer for an Indians in the outfield. It, it That just hasn't happened. Uh, Luari Garcia is a 95 runs created, plus he's got a higher war, but he's played every day. He's not as good of a defender. I think it's just a push. Neither guy is an ideal player for their team. If the White Sox had you know, Andrew Vaughn, he'd probably be playing out there instead. Uh, that's just the way it would work out. They'd find a way to get his bat in the lineup in place of uh, of him. Or or Adam Ingle would probably be playing a little bit more. Uh, if you look at Adam Ingle, he's at a, a 129 runs created plus, but he is only it's only in 34 games, 125 plate appearances. So that's a push. Moving on to center. Centers with the Indians have won a few now because Grand, uh, Grand Straw is as good as he is. But Luis Robert, uh, 155 runs created plus, 209 war, uh, solid defender, really good bat, power, 
advantage White Sox. That gives them a two-point lead. Then we move over to left field. Eloy Jimenez, who is a DH playing outfield. And then for the Indians, uh, the person who got the most at-bats in left field this week was Oscar Mercado. Uh, on the year, Mercado has a, uh, a war of 0.6 and a runs created plus of 82 and 204 plate appearances. Eloy Jimenez missed a lot of time due to injuries. He was only at 190 plate appearances, a butcher for a defender, and he's only been a league average bat at a 101 runs created plus. Um, I'm still going to give him the advantage, even though he is not playing as well as one expects him to play, and even though his defense is poor, uh, he's still, I think, more of a threat. So, uh, what, a three-point advantage? Uh, Pitching-wise... White Sox have built a tough rotation. And, you know, we're at a point where we're going to take our second commercial break and we'll come back and talk about the pitching in this series. So let's talk about Rock Auto for a second here. Rock Auto has all the parts you will ever need for your car. And remember, it doesn't matter if you know a ton about cars, if that is your jam, or if you're like me and uh, are too afraid to change your own oil. Because for those who are in the know, you can go through, find all the parts you could ever need to fix help do what you need to your for your car and if you're in my shoes uh, you can still easily change your filters your windshield wipers things like that those are easy and you're going to save money in installation and by going to rockauto.com it's a double save it is a double way to save your money and again that works for anyone i can't i've I, i've never attempted to change oil i will never attempt to change oil i was not raised uh, by someone who had any skills so i learned no skills uh, when it comes to uh, handy type of stuff. That is not my game, but I can still go to rockout.com, check it out. I went and looked at windshield wipers for my car, ordered them. And the other thing is pay attention to Rock Auto because they have rebates and deals happening all the time to save you even more money. They routinely have the lowest prices online. Go check it out for yourself at rockauto.com and make sure that when you're there in the little how'd you hear about us box, you type locked on, locked on Indians, locked on MLB, some form of locked on so they know that we sent you there. That helps us out, and you going there will help you out. Uh, our other fantastic sponsor is betonline.ag. I am currently over there at betonline.ag trying to see if they have the Thursday lines up for the Indians double headers, and they don't because and it's smart on them. And we talked about this last time. The over-under when there is a doubleheader because it's only seven innings is a it's a really good bet. Because <laughs> sometimes I have like an over-under of nine and you're losing four innings of the game. I mean, you were losing out of an 18-inning game, four out of 18, two out of, you're losing what, uh, two-ninths of the game essentially? I, I don't know why I made that more complicated. But either way, you got to look for things like that when you go to a site like betonline.ag. And when you see it, you want to go put your money in, use the promo code currently NFL 100 to get a hundred percent match. That's right. A hundred percent match. And then go make yourself some money. Uh, check it out for yourself at any time over at betonline.ag. They've redone their whole site and it's not just sports. There's live betting, casino, racebook, poker, esports, contest, and promos happening all the time. So go check out betonline.ag today. Time to talk pitching. So the Chicago White Sox went out and made that Lance Lynn, Lance Lynn trade, and it was a solid trade. I mean, trading Dane Dunning felt a little high at the time. Kind of curious to see how he has ended up doing for them. But, you know, it, once Lance Lynn got there, he loved it so much, he signed a sweetheart extension. And that made that deal all the better. 
They went out and they were aggressive in landing him. And then by doing that, he enjoyed his time and signed that extension. And Lance Lynn has been awesome. Four war this year, 2.47 ERA. Uh, he's done it all. He has been really good. Uh, and then the crazy thing is still, I mean, anyone could have had Carlos Rondon. Now, Carlos Rondon is a guy way back in 2014. I thought with the third overall pick, he was the steal of the draft. NC State pitcher, uh, him and Trey Turner both kind of disappointed and slid down. And, you know, you look at his first year, he was worth 1.7 war. He had a 387 FIP. The next year, 2.7 war. This is 2015, 2016. A uh, FIP of 4.01. And then after that, 2017, 2018, 2019, health consistency issues. 2020 was an out-and-out disaster of only seven innings pitched. They let him go. And then at the end of the day, the best offer he got was to come back at one year, $3 million. Uh, this, he will accumulate enough service time at the end of this year, I believe, to enter free agency. I believe the White Sox will offer him the qualifying offer. Uh, and I think if you're the White Sox, I'd be curious. I have to see, you know, their monetary spending and all of that. They might get a second round pick back if they lose him. I mean, he's their highest war player in general. 4.8 is the highest on the team. Uh, Dylan Cease is is finally put together. He's more 3.9. Lucas Giolito has been a little bit of a disappointment. I, coming into the year, you expected a Cy Young candidate. He has been very good, but he has not been that elite level pitcher, a 3.6 war. You'll take it. So those four have been kind of the steady part of their rotation. Dallas Keuchel is, has not been good. Uh, it, but he's a guy who, you know, there, there was always issues of him being not that great. Like he had that peak uh, at age 26, 27, with Houston. And then after that, he kind of came back down to earth and was more good. Uh, guy ended up in Atlanta and then the White Sox and 0.6 war this year, uh, 519 FIP. He's not missing bats and he's been a little home run prone, but not terribly, but he just, he doesn't miss enough mats to be effective. And his contract is up. They have a club uh, after they have a club option for 2023. So he'll be in their rotation for next year, uh, but he's definitely the guy you want to face in this rotation. The question becomes, you know, as they go the f- into the future, are they able to bring back Rondon, or do they end up trying to get Kopech into more of a starter role, or Garrett Crochet into a starter role? Uh, Ronaldo Lopez, who is another player in the infamous Adam Eaton deal uh, at .8 WAR, is also kind of sitting there in the weeds as they try to figure out what to do with him. Uh, their starting rotation is Byron Cleveland's. Like, I don't think that's up for debate, even with everyone back and healthy. Bieber and Savali uh, have... Bieber is better than Rondon. I would take Lynn over Savali. Uh, I would then... And then you got, you know, Lucas Giolito is their third most effective pitcher. That's better than the, you know, Cal Contral. I love what Cal has done, but Giolito for third most effective pitcher. Uh, your fourth most effective, Dylan Cease versus Tristan Zach Plesak. You're going to lean into Cease there. Uh, and then, you know, if you're looking at McKenzie as your fifth most versus Keuchel, uh, you would maybe say advantage Indians, but that's still like three point uh, matchup advantage for uh, the White Sox. And then you get into the pen and it's not really close. Liam Hendricks is Liam Hendricks. He's maybe the best reliever in all of baseball. Kimbrellas had his struggles, but do you expect he'll at some point at least regress to being an above-average pitcher? I guess not regress, aggress. Uh, he will go in the positive direction. Aaron Bummer, we, I mentioned earlier, 
has been a really good lefty reliever on a, he's got a really nice extension for the White Sox uh, where he'll be there for a while. You got Kopech and Crochet who can just straight out fling it past you. Uh, if everyone's healthy, you know, Ryan Tempera has been good for them. They've got a lot of interesting guys. That Burr contract is five years, 16 million with club options in 2025 and 2026. The five year, 16 million was from 2020 through 2024. So that's a heck of a sweetheart deal for the White Sox. So they have the advantage in starting pitching. They have the advantage in the bullpen. They have the advantage in lineup. Uh, in terms of just the games themselves, if we just look at who is supposed to face each other, uh, Savali versus Ronaldo Lopez would be advantage Cleveland. Zach Plesak versus Jimmy Lambert. I really liked Jimmy Lambert. I was really high on him. It has not come together for him over the course of this year. He's been, he has not pitched that much in the majors this year or, or just in general. Uh, in AAA, he, he missed some bats. But he also walked guys and was not super effective. So uh, Thursday's games, the Indians have the pitching matchup advantage. Friday, you know, you want to say Shane Bieber is an advantage, but you don't know what the rust is going to look like. And then Saturday, Sunday are clear advantage for the White Sox. So it's, and then even when I say it's like the Indians have the pitching advantage, they're still so behind in terms of the pen and the lineup that they're in their home game. So they're likely to get favored in terms of uh, betting with the, the extra points, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't favor them in any of these games or matchups. It's they're facing a, a team that is just a better team in all facets of the game. There's a few spots. The Indians might be better, but the White Sox are going to be a world series contender for a reason. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked in Indians podcast. Remember to rate and review download daily. It helps. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff MLB draft for additional content. And for the next year, go Tribe. After that, go, go Guardians, go.